everyone welcome to a very special episode of the galaxy wars podcast this is an interview tom and i did with john layman the creator of the eisner award-winning comic series from image comics chew if you don't know chew definitely go back and read it after this episode because it's a 60 issue run of pure genius and pure creativeness and both tom and i highly recommend it so check out this episode we talk a lot of things from dc and marvel to image comics eleanor and the egret another uh five issue series that john layman has put out we talk a little bit about his upcoming works like leviathan a secret project that's coming out later this year and the follow-up to chew coming out in 2019 so check out this episode go buy chew support john layman on twitter at the mighty layman and uh, enjoy our interview with the mighty john layman This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Greys. Hey, Tom. Hey, John. Sorry, I, I always I always screw up my times. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix doesn't recognize uh, uh, um, daylight saving time, oh, okay. so half the, half the time we're East Coast, half the time we're not. Uh, I mean, not East Coast. Half the time we're West Coast. Half the time we're, we're not. Like we're always off by an hour, and I can never keep it straight. Uh, so I thought the but, Scorpion got you. We we saw on Twitter. I thought. Uh, yeah, it's it's hot enough that we have scorpions uh, uh, in our house. I mean, in our neighborhood. And every once in a while, one gets through the house. And there was one just chilling out in the living room floor today. So I took a took a shoe to it and, and crushed him. But man, there's nothing creepier than uh, than scorpions. They look like something out of a, a Geiger movie. <laughs> well, it would have became a pet in my house. But my my girlfriend likes them and tarantulas. So. And oh man. Scary. Okay. Well, we're uh, we became fans just recently of uh, well, my my partner here, Jim of uh, Chew. Okay. Uh, and uh, hey, Jim. Hey, John. How are you? And uh, I'll just tell you how I came. I came to know it. Uh, we actually went to I think a Comic Con up in uh, North Jersey, and uh, I was just looking for something different, and I picked up Elephant Men, and the other book I picked up was uh. Chew. I was like, all right, let me oh. gi- let me give it a shot and see what it is. And then, like, I I'd never seen anything like it, and you know, and I read all of it, and you know, I think we both have the same question: is where does that come from? What part of your brain does chew come from? Oh boy. Well, are we are we <laughs> starting now? Or sure. Is this like pre-show. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I I don't really know where my ideas come from. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a weird dude, uh, and uh, like chew. Chew was the result of, um, uh, like a lot of different ideas. Like I had the cannibal cop. I had like the, the bird flu, you know, chicken being illegal. I had the woman who could, uh, you know, write about food. Like, you know, just like a, you know, like a, a binder full of ideas. Right. And all the ideas I liked, they were like Saturday Night Live skits. Like it was, yeah. okay, here's a funny joke, but it's going to get old. Like, like, oh, we're selling chicken on street corners, or, you know, here's a woman who can write and you can taste it. Like, how long before that joke gets old? But then I realized that, like, hey, these are all food powers. You know, if I combine all these kind of ideas that won't hold up on their own into one kind of, like, food-based book, suddenly I've got, like, this kind of rich tapestry. And, uh, and you know, everyone eats. Everyone can relate to, like, a good meal and a bad meal or, or something like that. So suddenly, like, what was a bunch of dumb little ideas became this, like, 
kind of grand tapestry that anyone could relate to. Well, that, that I think that was it. Like I, 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 I guess you can't, I mean, I can't relate to cannibalism or eating dead yeah. bodies, but, uh, but you can relate to a bad meal. You right, can relate right. to a great meal. You can relate to eating something gross. I mean, of course, everything's exaggerated for the sake of <laughs> comics, but what's crazy is, um, um like a lot of, like, Q was rejected a lot. Like, I was oh, trying really? to pitch it to Vertigo. I was trying to pitch it left and right before I decided to just finance it and do it myself. And I, I guess I, I, I wasn't kind of focusing on the, the universality of it because Chu kind of blew up and it's, uh, it, it, it's really big internationally. We're in like 12 languages. Oh, wow. And, and part of it is, you know, everyone eats, you know, it's not just, an American thing where you can, uh, you know, relate to a good meal or a bad meal. Literally, everyone on Earth can can sort of, you know, relate to this experience. Right, and the story is kind of post, you know, America sort of. It's not an apocalyptic thing, but it's kind of like it, it's an covers, epidemic. Yeah, it covers all the nationalities and epidemics. So I could see how that could take off elsewhere. Well, Chu was also like it was it, you know, at this point, I mean, we're coming up on Chu's 10th year anniversary and I had it in development for, you know, three or four years before that. And so it, you know, it, it's weird, you know, you've just discovered Chu, but me, Chu was coming out of a lot of the, uh, the George Bush year, <laughs> the kind of the anger of George Bush and, and, and the Iraqi war and, uh, right. like, yeah, you know, 9-11 was terrible. But it seemed like we we started two endless wars. It, it, it seemed like an overreaction. And at the time, everyone was worried about like bird flu and swine flu. Right. And I thought, okay, you got an administration like George Bush. Uh, uh, how would they react if there actually was a bird flu? Like the comic overreaction would be, you know, oh, they, you know, they ban chickens. Uh, <laughs> Of course, now we're, you know, now I'm wishing George Bush was president. Right. Uh, uh, but <laughs> That's what I was thinking time, in my head is if, you know, if you wrote an epic, for, you know, because of George Bush, what comes out of Trump, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, at the time, he seemed like the worst president imaginable. Yeah, and, he did. and like a lot of it was, you know, kind of over the top satire based on, on that. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't trying to be super political either. Uh, you know, I was just trying to, you know, have fun. So, you know, take this like really absurd pres- uh, premise and, you know, how would, uh, how would a government overreact to it? <laughs> I, I'm surprised that Virgo passed on, on Chew because, you know, one of their, their successful properties that they turned into a TV show is about a, a zombie who eats brains yeah, and is able to, yeah. you know, there's werewolves uh, and yes. it's crazy that they passed on that, but I, you know, I guess they're. Well, the editor who passed on Chu eventually picked up that book. And, oh, and there are paranoid people among us who think, well, they, they realize they kind of screwed up on passing on Chu. So they, you know, I, I have had bosses when I was an editor say, bring me a this. Okay. So someone might have said, bring them a Chu. Okay. Now, on the other hand, uh, we're talking about iZombie. And uh, the creators are my friends, mm-hmm. and they didn't rip me off. You know, it, it was it was Deep Impact versus Armageddon, and and I Zombie, <laughs> the, the the comic book is way different than Chew the comic book, yeah. and uh, you know, there's superficial resemblances, but it's it's not like Chris Roberson read Chew and said, oh, you know, how can I rip this off? You know, he had an idea, he had a, you know, it was uh, it was just a matter of timing. So right. you know, I don't I don't begrudge their success in any way. 
at all. In fact, my wife uh, loves iZombie. It's a, <laughs> a little too teeny popper for me, the TV show. Oh, I'm into it. I, yeah. d- I dig it. So are we are we going to see a, a CW Chew show after iZombie goes away? So like the C- CW <laughs> Not exempts? a CW. We're, we're, we're on our fourth Hollywood merry-go-round. We were at, at Showtime, and then we were with Heavy Metal, and oh, then, wow. then we were something else. And now we're we're on our fourth one, and I can't talk about it other mm-hmm. than it, you know, it looks promising. Okay. But, Good. you know, the other ones looked promising too. Uh, uh, you know, Preacher took 15 years. That, that, this right. is how I console myself. Preacher took 15 years, you know, to sort of get close to the comic book. And, and I know that I'll need money more in 15 years than, than I do now. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to just have it turn into a show. Uh, you know, just to be a show, I'd rather, you know, Turn I'd rather right show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We, we saw what happened with Inhumans. Yeah. With, with, uh, ABC and, and the Inhumans. So just I, a, I'm glad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have this love hate with Showtime because it seems like they, they get a property and then extreme, like they pass on it. Cause I know they've been kind of leery with Outcast too. That's another property that I really enjoy. But when we found out that, it was a movie slash TV series. And then the cast, like the projected cast with David Tennant and Stephen Young and Felicia Day, we were, me and Tom were just yeah. so oh, stoked for well, it. So what happened was Showtime, when Showtime initially bought us, when they picked us up, they wanted the next uh, Dexter. Okay. And by the time they were done with us, they wanted the next um, uh, uh, Homeland. <laughs> you know, so why, uh, you know, they wanted, you know, because Dexter was riding high and then suddenly... Uh, Homeland came along and started winning all these Emmys and stuff. And, you know, some, some, you know, TV executive said, you know, we don't want a lowbrow, you know, cannibal slasher killer anymore. We want, you know, we want highbrow political uh, intrigue. Oh. And so it, it kind of went away. Uh, and then, uh, the guys behind Heavy Metal, uh, the magazine, uh, came to us and they wanted to turn it into a cartoon. And they got, like you guys said, they got David Tennant and Stephen Yoon and Felicia Day, and then nothing happened for years. Uh-huh. And uh, a one-year no-money option uh, stretched into three years. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, finally we just had to say, you know, hey, um, you know, you, you've had, you know, this was supposed to go on a year, you've had three, it's, uh, it's time to move on. Right. So then someone else showed up, almost got us a deal. And then uh, they may have us another deal. So, you know, stuff is always going on behind the scenes, but it, it doesn't um, it doesn't behoove you to kind of like watch the pot boil because if you're <laughs> sitting there, you know, waiting for your Hollywood money, you know, you're, you're just gonna die of loneliness. Uh, so, you know, I'm just kind of you know doing my own thing, and when it happens, it happens. Well, I'll, I'll, to be honest, I'll. I'll full disclosure i we're like oh wow you know he got back to us we're gonna have him on i was like great we can talk to him about the show and then i looked and i was like oh the show's been canceled yeah. like it, it, i didn't yeah. even know and not that that was the only reason we i wanted to talk about you no matter what and i was like oh i guess we'll talk about what happened to the show <laughs> but yeah you know I, you know it's just typical you know you you get on bleeding cool or cbr or any of those and there's you know there's an announcement every week about someone getting optioned and then there's an an announcement every six months about something actually being turned into a show so you know it'll happen eventually and you know my philosophy is you know I'm, i'm a comic book guy and any hollywood stuff is you know on the side 
you know, if, if you want Chew, here it is. You know, right. here, here's 12 volumes. This is what Chew is. Anything else is just an adaptation. Yeah, I mean, anybody that would watch it on TV, I would assume, would have been a fan of the comics anyway, or should be a fan. You know, that's so... <laughs> You know, that's where the best part yeah. of Chew is going to be is in the comics. So. Well, TV also reaches a different market, too. I mean, they reach people True. who would never t- touch a comic book. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm less concerned about the purity now that Chew is over. When when mm-hmm. Showtime had us, we were, like, on our third trade, and I really wanted it to be accurate to the book mm-hmm. uh, because only I knew where the book was going. But now that it's over, you know, uh, you know I don't want them to turn, you know, Tony Chu into a, a white, you know, cheerleader or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But if they stick to the broad strokes, you know, if they, you know, whether you like Preacher or not, uh, you know, it's its own thing, but it's still, you know, true enough to the comic. Right. And I'm, I'm fine with seeing, you know, hey, where, where's, what's Hollywood going to keep and not keep? Uh, you know, there's some fundamental things they have to keep, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, kick back and see what changes they want to make. Well, that's a, you know, that's kind of what we spoke with Daniel Abraham, co-creator of the expanse series and the books. Oh my God. And uh, oh. yeah. And it, the, the books are great. And the TV show is just as great. And that's what he had said. He's like, it's just a whole nother thing. It's, you see your, you know, your creation kind of like have a baby, become something else, evolve. And, yeah. You know, it's yep. not your creation anymore. It's their creation. You just, you know, your name's on it or, you know, yeah. but the great thing is, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't negate what you did and, you know, what you did is always there. Right. Uh, you know, so it's just, you know, it's just another thing on top of the original. What has been your experience with image working for image? Because for me, I I'm currently, I read comics every day, essentially. And I'm reading Saga. I'm catching up on Chew, and and they're just so easy to read and fun to read that I get lost in them. It's I can't say it's better, but it's on par with Marvel and DC. Like, what has been the experience with uh, with working for Image? Well, I mean, the best part the best part is it's all yours. You know, you you, you they don't step in and say, "Hey, maybe you should do this." You know that that's also the worst part because you're on a <laughs> tightrope and. And if, you know, if you mess it up, it's, it's, it's your fault. And, uh, um, it, you know, they've been great. I mean, image, image will always be my home. And most of the books I read right now are image. You know, I'm, I'm not a big Marvel and DC guy. Uh, uh, after shit, I've been reading comics since 1977 and you start, <laughs> you start to see patterns in the superhero stuff. Oh, so, I, have, I have a question for that later. Don't worry. Uh, but if you want to like, you know, read the original stuff and see someone sort of like, unfiltered vision you know there's there's nothing better you know for image and you know image doesn't care you know if it's you know it doesn't need to be a superhero book and and so there's literally every genre under the sun for you uh that's what i really like about it yeah yeah i have i i too read a ton of image books you know typically i read stuff by my friends if i'm reading marvel and dc you know i don't follow a character anymore it's like oh hey what's what's you know What's my buddy, you know, Donny Cates doing, you know, right now? Right. And so I'll follow, you know, someone I like so I don't have that awkward moment at the bar when they say, what do you think of the new issue? And I'm like, uh, uh, but like for pleasure, it's, it's mostly, uh, you know, I, I'd say it's like 85% creator owned stuff, which is largely image. So what, what titles are you reading? That was one of my questions, like as far as the current landscape and 
and what uh, what you're reading? Well, I, I tend to fall very behind and then kind of forget okay. uh, what I've uh, you know what I've read. So I I kind of like sit down and do rereads, and I almost wait until a trade or two piles up. So and I've been traveling a lot, so I've been on like long flights. Uh, um, so like I will either you know, bring a stack of comics for the, the road or the way back or, or buy some of them um, digitally. So Descender, uh, Saga, Manifest Destiny, uh, Thief of Thieves, uh, Black Science. Um, I mean, you name the good image books and I'm, I'm at least trying to read them. I may be <laughs> behind, you know, the, the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips stuff. Um, uh, Birthright, uh, Headlopper, uh, but again, you know, everything I've said has been image. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I was, I was a big fan of lock and key with IDW and yeah, six gun with Oni. So I'm not, I'm not exclusively image. Image just kind of has the most. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's easy for me cause I, you know, I work there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of, you know, have the, the inside track on stuff. Have, have you been able to check out farmhand at, at early? Oh yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, it, not only have I checked it out, like I, I've been, helping rob from the beginning you know um uh I, I read the first script i've read i've read every script and given him feedback and at one point he wanted me to letter and i'm like dude i don't even want to letter my own stuff anymore i don't want to letter <laughs> yours but yeah he's you know rob and i if we don't talk once a week you know we text three times a week and he's showing me his stuff i'm showing him you know my stuff and we're still you know, Chu's 10th anniversary is coming up next year, and I've actually written a three-issue miniseries, which, this is going to sound weird, but for kind of legal reasons, it can't be printed for a while, which will make <laughs> sense when it gets announced. Okay. But All I was right. hoping to do it next June, and now it looks like it's going to be pushed to next December, right. which kind of sucks. Uh, I mean, you know, December 2019. Oh, you get but, that Christmas you know, money. Yeah, true. Rob, you know, read it and he's like, Hey, this is great. And it's like, well, you know, between farmhand arcs, you know, you've got, you've got three issues of completed script and, uh, you know, it, it's almost nice. Uh, you know, six months won't make a big uh, difference in the big picture. And I think people, when they hear, you know, Hey, Chew is coming back for three issues, yeah. you know, they'll check it out. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what I was, so, uh, I was wondering about like, it's kind of a rare thing to have a, a duo or a partnership work on one property for as long yeah. as you used to did. I yeah. mean, like, did you know that was going to happen from the beginning or, I mean, well, no, I, I hired him for five issues because, you know, you never know what you're going to get with an right. artist. You know, they might be flaky. They might be crazy. They might be assholes. You know, you, you just, you just never know what you're going to get. And so Rob was hired for five issues. And, and the other part of it is I didn't think you would do well. You know, it, it had been rejected so much and right. I'd had a couple of rough comic book years that I thought, and I was actually, I had taken a day job that was like a long-term temporary job. And I thought, well, I'm going to put this five issue cannibal bird flu book out. You know, maybe it'll be like a cult hit and maybe it'll make its money back eventually. And then I'll hire someone to do five more issues and then I'll hire someone and like over the course of years, maybe I'll, I'll condense the story and tell it over, you know, over 25 issues. And then it shockingly became this weird hit that just kept right. selling out and selling out and selling out. And I thought, you know, look, we've got all these numbers. We got all these, you know, people behind us. Uh, if I could do any length, what would I do? 
And, you know, my favorite books are, are Preacher and Transmit and Scalped and Why the Last Man. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm missing an, another, but, but they're all 60 issues. Right. They're like, all my favorite books are like 60 issues. And it seems like the perfect length, you know, before you get too kind of self-indulgent and, uh, you know, artsy fartsy or, you know, lose yeah. track of the story. So I said, Hey, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go 60 issues, just like all my favorite books. And I kind of like, figured out a story architecture because I knew the end, you know, from the beginning. And then I knew like, you know, at a certain point, you know, this character would die and, you know, here's, here's so, so I kind of like knew the skeleton and then had kind of the freedom to put the, the meat on the bones. Mm -hmm. And there was a point where Kirkman's like, Hey man, you know, you're riding high, you know, why end at 60? Uh, you know, go on forever. Like, you know, walking dead and invincible and, uh, like his books and, uh, but you know, my book, my books are of a different nature and I can't write without knowing an ending. And I didn't want to just kick the can, you know, kick the ending. So I, I just kind of said, you know, Hey, you know, I, I said 60 issues, you know, I'm going to stick with it. And, mm-hmm. and the great thing was, you know, Rob turned out to be the perfect artist, like yeah. not only his art, but his, his work ethic, you know, he's, he's a machine and, you know, he just wants the, he, the, the machine just wants to be fed script. And, uh, you know, Rob kept me going and kept me, you know, kept me super honest because, you know, he'd get to about page 14 and I'd be like, okay, well, he's going to finish the book in a week and then he's going to take a week to color. You know, he needs a script in two weeks. You know, I, I can't screw around. I got to get him. I got to get to work. Uh, and, and so Chu ended. Rob's younger than me. Rob's got kids, you know, like Rob's at the beginning of his career and I'm not. <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of, I took a victory lap. I, I started going to the gym a lot. I, uh, I traveled all over the world last year and I said I was just going to take my time to get my new things going. Right. And Rob waited for me and he bugged me and, uh, and we kept reaching out to Marvel in DC. And, uh, I honestly thought that, you know, hey, they'd give us a Spider-Man or a, you know, or, you know, Batman or a Plastic Man or a Deadpool. And, you know, hey, you know, the two guys, we won Eisner's, you know, we, we yeah. did this, you know. Iris or something. And, uh, boy, we, we could, we could barely get the time of day from the big two. Right. Uh, uh I mean, I could, his, his art is unique. Uh, and I yeah. don't know what he would, it's, I mean, right now for me, it's hard to separate him from Chu. And sure. But I five think, issues on Deadpool, you know, uh, you know, what, 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 how much money could Marvel lose and they might end up <laughs> yeah. with something you know, decent, but you know, eventually I sort of learned, well, you know, I, I have and can make a lot more money doing creator own work. So it's time to stop banging my head. Uh, right. you know, it's, it's like the, these girls want to dance with you, but the prettiest one doesn't. So of course <laughs> you're, you're focused on her. Uh, but eventually I just started, uh, you know, getting my nose back to the grindstone and doing new stuff. Uh, but by then Rob was like, you know, neck deep into farmhand. So I'm like, just do farmhand, you know, I'll always be here for you. And, you know, we'll come back to you when, uh, when the time comes. Now, earlier you spoke about trends and I said, I had a question about it. Do you, uh-huh. do you think that the big two, and if this is a loaded question that you think could potentially, lo- uh, cause you to lose work, I'll take it out. But um, I'm curious to see if, do you think that like DC and Marvel rely on, one or two characters to just carry their their load and it becomes too convoluted with their storylines because I, oh like, I, I yeah i mean i don't think that's um I, controversial. Batman, I mean they, 
yeah, I mean, the the problem with with them is okay. They see, and this comes from a guy who wrote Batman. Yeah, you know, they 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 see, you know, oh hey, this you're a Batman fan, you will buy every Batman book. So we're going to put eight Batman books out a month, and you know, we're going to make you, you know, eight or twelve. We're going to make you buy the whole Batman type family, and you will. And but consequently, mm-hmm. you don't have money to buy other stuff. Yep. And you know, the the Batman fans. Batman fans and X-Men and Deadpool and, you know, all these franchises that have a hundred books, uh, are the publishers counting on you buying everything. Uh, but ultimately that, that hurts because you can't, um, Explore. you can't buy more and eventually you get jaded. Uh, and, and, and I always feel like, uh, superheroes are a great way to get into comics but but you either grow out of comics or you grow into better comics, which I think is what Image is, because yeah. all these um, kind of great Marvel writers, you know, got 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 their their names, got their fan base, and then they move on to Image to you know instead of writing the next event book with you know five different artists, right. you know they can take along some great artist they befriended and uh, you know do something you know deeply personal. Uh, that's what I, you know, I was saying in the very beginning is that's what had me go down a different aisle at the comic book shop was I just I don't know how many reboots I've been through and how many iterations they're on and you know what you know what MacGuffin yeah. they're going to include. I need to find something else. And I do like what you said is you had a def- you know at the time I didn't know it was coming to a definitive end. But you have an end. I know this story has an end. I I can read yeah. it and come to the end and say well, it was a great. It just how you would feel about a great book or a great movie or you know any other piece of art. Like okay, that was fantastic. I'm a fan of his now. I'll read his next thing. I don't need this character to go on yeah. and on yeah. and on and on forever. And, and there are the some people who just want the Batman and they just want the you know the Deadpool's and you know. Good for them, you know. They keep, you know. I, I don't begrudge any way anyone reads comics, you know. If 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 that makes them happy, but you know, I do think eventually, you know, you can only kill Batman or Robin <laughs> or Wolverine, you know, so many times before you start, you know, seeing the kind of the cynical architecture to this sort of stuff, and it's like, oh, here's another here's another meaningless crossover where you got to buy, you know, eighty five dollars worth of books. And someone's gonna die, and then they'll be gone for a while, and then they'll come back, and someone else will die. And, you know, that was, that was kind of the cool thing about Chew. You know, we're, we're not trying to sell underwear or action here, <laughs> action figures or, 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 um, operate in perpetuity. So, you know, deaths meant something. You know, hey, mm-hmm. oh, it's really cool when they kill Wolverine, but you know, it's just a matter of time for any superhero that has, you know, action figures or toys or isn't movies, they're eventually going to come back. And, you know, I'm not knocking it because it's, you know, it gives a writer, you know, a cool, you know, these are, these are cool storylines to tell, but, you know, eventually the characters have to come back because there are, they're, they're merchandise and products first. Right. Well, at this point, yeah, you're right. Like that they're there to, for toys and movies and and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're not there for, I mean, pure comic book of what it started. Yeah. I mean, big two comics are essentially R and D for bigger stuff. And you got people complaining, Oh, you know, Marvel, there are too many women, you know, too many, 
too many, you know, this, too many that. And they're like, you know, Marvel comics aren't selling because of this. And what they don't get is they don't care if Marvel comics, like if Marvel only earns like 3 million this year or even loses 3 million, if they can put out an Avengers that earns like 300 billion, right. they don't care how much Marvel loses. <laughs> you know, they can, they can make fun of Squirrel Girl, you know, being goofy and not selling enough or Captain Marvel as much as they want, you know, the, the internet complainers, but there's going to be a Captain Marvel movie and it's going to make a hundred million dollars and Marvel is not going to care about, you know, yeah. the complaints about the comics. Well, that's, that could be, you know, we talk on our show all the time and on, on Jim's other show that, you know, DC has, has better comics, you know, than Marvel, let's say. And that could be the reason why their movies suffer is because they do put, a lot more effort to their comic side, but you know, all in all, they still have the same problem as Marvel is, you know, uh, I just think their movies are terrible because they're terrible. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, agree. I, I mean, I do think the pendulum swings each way and, and DC books have been, been stronger. Uh, but, uh, I, I just think maybe the, the, there, there's people at, at, in the DC Hollywood that don't understand what makes, you know, what makes like like the Superman movies are the perfect example. I mean, I've got I've got a, a an eleven year old. You know, he was nine years old when when you know Superman came out. Mm-hmm. It came out, and you, you can't take a nine year old to see Superman. You know, my my kid, he understands he can't see Deadpool or Logan. Right. But eight out of ten movies he can see. But you know, when you, you can't bring a kid to a Batman, I mean, a, a Superman movie. You know, there's something wrong there. And now, by the time Justice League rolls out, hey, you want to go see Justice League? No, I don't really care about those superheroes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I too now I have a ten year old, but that was by the time Justice League rolled around, he just is like, just doesn't, none of the like. If he tells me this movie makes no sense, I go, you're, you know, yeah, you're right. And yeah, I, this movie makes no sense. It's a bad movie. So, and they've lost an entire generation where. You know, I can't believe I'm going to see an Ant-Man or a Doctor Strange movie. You know, solidly sort of C-list characters. And it comes around and my kid's like, yes, we're going to see this. Right. You, you know it's going to be appropriate for a kid and it's it's going to be fun. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to walk away having a good time. Yeah. Uh, what was the... Oh, you, you can... The... I can talk about Marvel and DC movies <laughs> for hours. Yeah, so, so could we. we in fact, we, we have. We, we started a podcast yeah. to, do, to do just that. But I, I'm, the one thing I'm curious about is what was the transition from Chu to Eleanor and the Egret Light? Oh well, okay. So I've been friends with Sam for a long time, Sam Keith, and uh, and, Good friend to have. and yeah, uh, you know he, he's he's a he's a nut, <laughs> and I, I I mean that with with a lot of affection, and and he and I have been friends for forever, and uh, um, uh, there was a point where Sam was looking to do a job and. Once again, we were pitching Marvel in DC, couldn't get the time of day. And my old Batman editor, you know, we, we talk and we're friendly. He's like, well, why, you know, why are you banging your head, uh, you know, on the wall with the big two? You know, why don't you just do something for us? Do whatever you want. And at the time, I was like writing the end of Chew and I was killing everyone. And I was just, it was, you know, it was just getting so dark and so <laughs> bleak. And Sam's stuff tends to be dark and, you know, women are violated and there's, there, there's a lot of darkness to that. And I thought, you know, Sam, let, let's go against, uh, you know, against typecasting, you know, let's, let's do a Miyazaki movie. Let's do something light and fun, you know, with kind of dream logic, but it, you know, it's kind of sweet. And, 
you know, for me, it was just kind of a way to kind of like get the bitter chew taste out of my mouth at, you know, at the end of chew. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I got, you know, I'm Sam, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to draw French architecture and a bird. Okay. Well, you know, here's a fairy tale about that. And the thing is, Sam is not a speed demon. So, um, you know, I thought Eleanor would come out like around the end of Chew, but it ended up taking, you know, a, a year longer to do five issues. Um, so Eleanor came out, you know, solidly in the middle of kind of my hiatus. So it looked like I was doing something. But yeah, Eleanor was just sort of like a kind of like a bubblegum reaction to the end of Chew. Okay. It, it's yeah, the wash your mouth, like you said. Yeah, yeah, palate cleanser. No, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> so, so what's next? What uh, what are you working on currently, and what can we expect? Well, I uh, uh, three things, uh, and actually awesome. perhaps a fourth. Um, yeah. I'm working on Charlie's Angels, which just came out this week with uh, uh, with Dynamite and Joe Isma. Okay, and, I saw that on your Twitter. Yeah, it's an editor. Who, who, you know, we've been talking about working since New 52. And, uh, he's like, hey, you know, we got 70s Charlie's Angels and, you know, Joe Eisman's going to do it. And it's like, okay, this will be fun. Uh, it's an artist I like and an editor I like. You know, sometimes you just do things for a gig, you know, just to, you know, just to have fun. You know, you're not going to win any Eisners or set the world on fire, but if you can do something you enjoy and get a, get a trade paperback out of it, you know, it's worth it. And, uh, and like I said, I've been pitching Marvel in DC a lot, not getting anywhere. And it's like, well, you know, here they're offering me something that sounds fun. So I'll do it. Uh, so that started up. I've got a book called Leviathan with, uh, Nick Patera from Manhattan Projects, which is coming okay. in August. And it's, uh, it's, you know, all these Godzilla movies, you know, Godzilla is always a creation of, you know, science gone wrong or nuclear power or all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, Nick and I are really into Jeff Darrow. And we wanted to do kind of our, you know, hard boiled or big butt guy, the rusty, rusty and the robot. And like, okay. I thought, you know, to, to showcase Nick Patera's like hyper detailed strengths, let's do a kaiju book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the twist is instead of like a, you know, a kaiju from science or, you know, radiation or all that kind of stuff, it's a kaiju from hell. So oh, it's a bunch of kids with a Ouija board who, you know, basically <laughs> summon a demon who wants to kill them, except the demon is the size of Godzilla. So. It, it's really just an excuse for me to get Nick to draw, like, you know, radioactive dinosaurs and mechs and, you know, monsters from hell and, de- you know, exorcists and demons and just all kinds of craziness. It's just like uh, just a super gonzo action movie. Well, it's got my then, attention for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it should be really fun. And then the next thing that I can't really tell you about, like, um, uh, I, I, I'd been developing developing this as the successor to chew in terms of like scope like my next big big thing and uh it got picked up you know it got approved and then the artist fell through and it took it it took like six more months to find an artist who is great uh and then three more months for him to get through his commitments and then we decided we were going to inventory a bunch of issues to make sure it comes out on time so it's not like Eleanor and the Egrid. Um, uh, so it, it should be announced. It will be announced, you know, sometime San Diego-ish or right after. Uh, it'll be out before the end of the year. And the artist is almost already done with issue four. And it's, it's beautiful. And I like, it kills me that every day I can't talk about it. Uh, because it's like, you know, it's the next big thing, which, 
I'm never going 60 issues again. I mean, Chew was, you know, Chew was a marathon, and I think the market has changed. Like, I, I, uh, I've talked about it with some of my pro friends, and everyone says it's, that 30 is the new 60. <laughs> so I wanted to go half the length of Chew. Uh, it has since grown to 36, just so we can do, like, three 12-issue seasons. Okay. Uh, but that is the plan. Uh, so before, right. by the end of the year, and... And if you guys want to have me back and talk about Definitely. it, uh, absolutely, I, I'd love it because it's um, uh, it looks amazing and it's uh, it's just super fun and awesome. But we're easy marks, we're easily sold, and you did a great sales <laughs> pitch. So yeah, I want to have you back for Leviathan <laughs> too. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm writing what I'm calling is my apocalypse trilogy. And if you follow John Carpenter, he did an apocalypse yeah. trilogy of like what was it? It was the thing in the mouth of madness and uh, and one other. You know, just real kind of a apocalyptic thing. So I've got I've got three books that are all kind of like black magic love stories. And uh Leviathan's one, uh the new book is one, and then I've actually written the first issue of the third book in the trilogy. But I gotta finish Charlie's Angels four first and then I'm like, well, I'll write the second issue and then I'll start looking for an artist and a home for it. I like it. that. Black magic love stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're all I mean they're kind of satanic love stories, but that sounds bad. Like, uh, I'm a Satanist. It's just all, uh, you know, that there, there's a, a love MacGuffin and they're very sort of, you know, black magic, uh, infernal oriented, oriented, well, which you'll it. understand when I'll you hear it. about the second book. Yeah. I'm definitely going to read it. We're both going to read it. Yeah. And we'll have you back on and talk about them. Yeah. We're definitely, right we're going to promote the hell out of, uh, your upcoming works. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks because like people are like, oh, is you know, is Leviathan your next big thing? You know, is Charlie's Angels your your sequel to Chew? And it's like Leviathan. Leviathan's going to be ten issues. It's going to be you know, okay. hopefully a book that people will be reading for years, just like uh, you know, just like the the Jeff Darrow books. Uh, but I I've also only got Nick Patera for like a year, year and a half before he goes back to Manhattan Projects. So okay. you know, we couldn't, I couldn't do anything epic in scope with him. Yeah, I, but, I I was actually just looking. It, it does look really good. If the I was looking at the little and hashtags and stuff like that, then yeah, I mean the art is insane. I mean yeah, Nick is really... uh, Nick is a, a a monster, and uh, he's also kind of a lunatic <laughs> uh, in a in a different way than than Sam Keith. Uh, Sam Keith is like this really sweet guy who's a little bonkers, and and Nick Patera is just this uh, well, he's just a lunatic. <laughs> Uh, but they're both awesome people and, you know, awesome artists. Yeah. Definitely. And Rob Guillory is not a lunatic. He's, <laughs> he's one of those rare, stable artists who, you know, he's a, he's a, a workhorse and a draftsman. You know, that guy, uh, has a better work ethic than anybody in comics. Did he ever go, what am I drawing? Wait, what? Like, uh, you, you know, it was weird because Rob, Rob told me early on he never wanted to do a, uh, a, a book that was, you know, super long. Like he didn't want to do sixty issues because he thought he would get bored drawing the same thing. <laughs> and like, I'll keep that in mind, dude. But you're not going to be drawing the same thing. And so, you know, we we would talk over issues to come, and you know, by 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 the end, he would be, you know, giving me ideas for powers. But you know, Rob <laughs> Rob wanted stuff as crazy as possible, which you know. Uh, and when I when I saw he could pull it off, you know, we we kind of. Uh, you know, had a kind of a challenge to out crazy each other, which, you know, made shoe work. Yeah. yeah I you, think that's what made it. Yeah. That yeah, was you, perfect for you it. You both definitely delivered for sure. 
All right, John, we wanted to we wanted to thank you for taking this time and we'll let you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, we look forward to hearing back from you um, when Leviathan comes out and then the mystery project. Right on, guys. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thank you very much. Thank it was you. Great. Right. Take care. You too. Bye bye.